Welcome to League Podcast. It is week six, and this week I have a very special show for you guys. A little later on this show, I get an interview with, with a friend of the podcast, someone from deep south in Florida, but not the person you expect. And I'm very excited to uh, intro into the podcast for his first full-time appearance, the commissioner of the league, manager of the executioners, Peter Brusso. Peter, how are you doing today? Uh, insert your dab right now. Let's get it. <laughs> so a little bit of a change in format this week. We've got an interview a little bit later on. Uh, and rather than go through the standings and do a matchup preview, Pete and I are just going to go around the league, talk about every team, what we like, what we don't like throw some massive trolls in there and basically just give our insight on a team by team basis through that. We'll cover where they are in the standings, you know, and, and all that, that wonderful shit. So you, you ready, Pete, you excited? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Hopefully uh, we can talk some shit on each team. So, you know, put, put your kids to bed, crack ice cold. Let's get it. Speaking of. Let's go. Let's go. So where do you want to start, Pete? You want to start at the top or start at the bottom? I mean, if you want to start with your team at the top, which I don't know how they are in first place, that, that's fine <laughs> by me. So I'll be the first to admit to you, Pete. I am in, I, I'm in the top of the, the standings. I am not the best team. Uh, I had a bit of a soft schedule to be in the league. I like my team. I think I have a good roster assembled, but I'm no means by no means going to say, say I'm going to run the table from here and I, I have the best team and I'm going to dominate. I got a good team. I think I make the playoffs, and we'll take it from there, as I always say. So, Pete, what is one one spot on my roster that you really like? I mean, Christian McCaffrey, David Johnson. Uh, that's Christian, Christian McCaffrey, pick twenty three overall. Um, you're probably gonna look at it at the end of the year top ten top ten picks of the draft. I think. For yeah, sure. that that was the idea for me. Yeah, I, I'm I've never been one to go running back, running back in the first two two rounds of this league. Um, I'm always a guy that's drafting a, a quarterback in in round one. I think this is probably the first time, maybe the second time overall, save for my my rookie year in the season where I I, I mistakenly picked Chris Johnson on his just awful year. <laughs> uh, it was the first time I haven't picked a QB in a long time. Um, so I went, you know, figuring I was on the turn, I would I would be able to get really anybody that I wanted in round three. And, you know, I was hoping to get Drew Brees, but uh, Evan snapped him right up. Uh, Evan doesn't mess around. He he likes his QBs. But, I mean, if you look at it, you have Ryan and Dalton, right? Then you have three pretty legitimate receivers, even though you traded Cooper Cup. I mean, Galladay's on bye this week, um, but he's really a wide receiver three for you as opposed to John Brown. He, he could be a legit two. You have DJ Moore, Crabtree, John Brown, all marinating. And you have a QB3. So, I mean, the only place you don't have anything is, a, is an RB3. But you yeah, also have Foreman kind of just chilling in the IR spot. So, I mean, if the worst thing you're worried about is RB3, I mean, that's not bad. Especially because you only have one week um, under 120 points. So, you're you're cooking here early. Uh, I'm a little salty because I lost to you week one by like a point and a half. So, yeah, it was horrendous. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's killing me at one and four. But I mean, you're at five and zero. Oh, you're, you're very deservingly so a, a top four team for sure. Yeah. So I tried to make a, a a few deals to get a solid RB three. I had Christian McCaffrey with the early bye week, um, so I did make that move with Evan to get. I was really going after Geo, 
Um, and he mm. threw in what I consider to be some pretty decent wide receivers for all of that, really, for Cooper Cup. Um, he had no interest in Alfred Morris. It now seems like a pretty big mistake to have cut him. Um, and Chris Ivory was just there because I needed somebody. Um, but I, I was able to get Geo. I ended up not needing him to win. Um, I mean, I, I could have won with whatever shit by my. Yeah, he scored twenty a week, though. He can't be mad at that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, he was he was amazing when when he was there, and then he got hurt. And well, God. I was telling you earlier too. John Brown's kind of he, he like has a he's like net yard per per attempt. It's it, it's like top five in the NFL. So he's they're taking shots at John Brown. He's gonna be he probably won't be on your team week ten. He'll be on he'll be somebody else's wide receiver three. Yeah, that's the hope. I mean, I I've got enough depth at, at wide receiver that I could really trade him or Galladay um, or even Allen Robinson if he gets hot for for a decent running back commodity. Um, there are some teams that are really like they have some decent depth at running back. Running back's tough this year, um, but there are some teams that are really hurting at receiver. Um, so I'm hoping to parlay that later on in the season. Mm. Um, so obviously I'm not going to go, you know, 13 and 0 going to the playoffs. So what is your outlook for, for my team, you know, barring any major injuries, which I think we're just going to say off the top, all of this analysis is under the assumption that nobody has any catastrophic injuries, but where, where do you think my team ends up record wise after, after rivalry week? Uh, I mean, Yahoo says 10 and three, I'd probably say maybe nine and four just because by weeks and you never know what's going to happen. Like Dalton might cool off or my Matt Ryan might cool off a little bit, but, I mean, you only need one more win to make the playoffs, so you're yeah. you're playing with house money. So I would say your worst case scenario winning eight games. Yeah, I mean the the teams I'm not looking forward to seeing is I got I got to face Mike twice. Yep. Um, I face Evan on the week where I have the most guys on buy in week nine. Um, he's got a lot of guys on buy too, so that could go either way. And I have Hogan's to face heroes rebrand heroes, yeah. Um, and I got to face Craig after he gets Le'Veon Bell back, theoretically. So not looking forward to that either. Fuck him. He ain't coming back. Oh, if only. Um, so moving on next down the list, we got the Oracle. Boo. Oh, uh, poor Chris. My God. So uh, Chris had Alvin Kamara do absolutely nothing last week, and he lost. Good. Um, Fuck him. Yeah. I mean, in, in fairness, he had both Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. He, he went with Kamara because you're supposed to. Um, if he put in Ingram, it would not have helped. He still would have lost. So let's just take, let's just take it at that. Mm. Did you know Chris has QB1, QB2, QB3, RB1, RB2, RB3? That can't be right. How does no, he, have- it's not, he doesn't, but he thinks he does. <laughs> if you talk to Chrissy, he has the top three quarterbacks. He's got the top three running backs, and he, Keelan Cole might be Terrell Owens. I think. Oh my god! So Chris made his poor daughter choose his wide receiver three. I've never seen somebody so shook going into a into a matchup as Chris was last week. Couldn't decide between Sammy Watkins, Keelan Cole, and poor Avi. She got it wrong. She's going to boarding school next week. I heard. Oh, brutal. Absolutely brutal. Um, so, having said that, what do you like about about Chris's team for real? Nothing. Zero point zero. Next team. <laughs> so no, he, he Chris is legit. He just uh, 
he's like um, I've been calling him Seth LeCompte 2.0, and he Ooh. has the, the the best team ever. He's not going to trade you anything. So uh, he he's got a good squad. I just don't know if um, it's like giving him a Lamborghini, you know, and uh, he, he just doesn't know how to drive standard. So he, he's going to have somebody else drive the car for him. So he has three QBs. Winston could be a QB one, but he doesn't necessarily mean he is. So, yeah. uh, I mean, that, I mean, Michelle's a rookie. He has Collins too, um, both Saints guys. I mean, if I'm Chris, um, I'm waiting a couple weeks. I'm going to be six and one. And then I'm going to build a juggernaut. But I, I just don't know if he's going to do it. I think that uh, the Stars and Scrubs won on the ship last year that maybe they shouldn't have. And he's just so high on that, that squad from last year. He might just ride it out and, and think he can wait till week nine or ten. Or I, I don't know what his theory is. I, I think he is the – I told him he's the embargo, the Cuban embargo. He's not trading anything. So if someone can Obama and open up the trade lines with Cuba, good luck to you. But – until then, I, he, he's a question mark to me. I mean, he's, he's going to go eight, nine wins, but I don't know if he'll reach his full potential unless he, uh, unless he makes a deal. My, my current prediction for Chris is he's going to go 10-3 and three and lose round one unless he makes a trade. I could see that happening. I mean, he, he's, got a, he's got some amazing talent, but he's got too much in, at the RB position. It, he, great draft. Great yeah. draft, Chris. You crushed it. Randall comes a bum. Sammy Watkins is a bum. Tress Rogers is a bum. Yes, wide you receivers gotta, you are gotta do something. awful. I mean, he's got Julio Jones, who is never going to score a touchdown again in his life. He's allergic. He's allergic to the end zone. And, and I've got Matt Ryan, so that hurts me. But, I mean, I would like to see Julio Jones do well. He's an amazing player. I, I, don't, I don't understand what's happening with him. Uh, his other wide receivers are, are horrendous. Uh, I mean, as, as much as I like to troll Chris, I do have to say, Sony Michelle... Oh my God! Per, yeah, per per Matthew Berry is going to be winner. a fantasy football league winner. So, Chris, take a shot at Duars, you know, be a hero on that right there. So, as much as I troll you, cheers to that one right there for sure. So here's the thing, right? He needs like I don't I don't know if Ty Hilton's ever going to be right. Mm. He, he needs. I, I don't think he can roll out one receiver a week and hope that Chester Rogers catches a bunch of balls. I I don't. You're not going to see Andrew Luck throw 60 passes a game like he has the last two weeks. It's going to level off. I mean, I know he, has, he doesn't have to play Andrew Luck every week any, anymore, but is Jameis Winston really that good? I think so. He, I'm pretty sure he's the con- contract year. Um, he, he's going to – they say he's the best shape he's ever looked in. So, right, and again, he looked great I, in the preseason. I don't want to compliment Chris's dudes, but Winston's – he's the truth. So here's a move that I make if I am Chris playing from position of strength, and I hate giving people ideas, but I was thinking about this today. I would absolutely trade Mark Ingram for Le'Veon Bell today. Ooh, really? Yeah, I mean, Craig needs the help. He needs players now. He's not going to get anybody to take him this week. And if you have Alvin Kamara, Sony Michelle, and Alex Collins also on your roster... And I don't give a shit about Jalen Rashad or Edo Smith. He's got those guys. He doesn't need Le'Veon Bell to show up until Week Ten. Yeah. Until legal, and he doesn't. He doesn't need him. But when he does have him, can you imagine playing Chris in the playoffs with him rolling out Alvin Kamara and Le'Veon Bell against you? I mean, it's terrifying. 
you know, my, my opinion was he should have moved, you know, Michael for Travis Kelsey, but that's me being biased. And then move Ingram and a QB for like a wide receiver one. Yeah. And just be all set. Yeah. I mean, Chris pulls out some weird trades. You, you never know what he's going to come out with. I mean, I still don't understand the TJ Yeldon for Sammy Watkins deal. I mean, Travis, Travis, beware. Yeah, absolutely. Can, can you tell me your analysis? And I love to get your analysis on, on these trades, but Sammy Watkins for TJ Yellen to, with, with Ryan of all people. Ryan's the, the one other guy that had RB depth and he traded him to, he, he went with Ryan to trade TJ Yellen. I, I figured it, my trade strategy is if I have somebody's handcuffed that's going to go off, I'm going to the guy that owns the, the primary back. I'm go, I, I'd be going to you first to see what I can get. And you have some decent wide receivers. I feel like you could have. You could have had a much better trade there. Uh, he offered me Jeffrey for Ingram and pulled it. I uh, probably would have pulled the trigger on that. I thought yep. that would have been a good trade for the both of us. Yep. Uh, I have Trey Burton chilling. I don't, I don't know if just people are just punting on tight end altogether, but Trey Burton for Yeldon two weeks ago would have been the deal. He would have, yeah, you know, raked me over the coals, take a tight end one, you get rid of your running back five. Even if he only has four targets a game, he's going to score eight touchdowns. So it just, I don't know. It is what it is, you know. The beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So, Chris knows something I don't, or uh, either that or I'm blacklisted. You know, there's only a few thieves in the league. Yeah. Some people like to see uh, me never win and and Chris lose every game. So, I think that that definitely plays a factor. Yeah, I mean, I it, as much as I like to troll you, Pete, and I do love to troll you, uh, <laughs> not as much as Ryan and and, and Chris do, but um, I feel like you don't need any help in that department. Like. Mm. I think the curse is probably self-imposed. I don't think anybody needs to make you make it work for you to, to for some reason find a way to, to not make it. Uh, you're going to get one of these years, but mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think we need to do an embargo against Pete to make that happen. Uh, all right. Fuck Chris. Let's move on, on to the next. Uh, in third place is, uh, I believe it's NU's finest, right? No, for no, Hogan's heroes. Hogan's heroes. I'm sorry, Evan. Hogan's Heroes. Let's talk about Evan's team. So he is rolling out a QB pair this week because of a, because of Drew Brees on by of Dak Prescott and Josh Allen. Um, Evan, I love Dak Prescott coming into the year. I thought he was going to crush it, but it seems like the more tape he puts on, the more horrendous he gets. Uh, his wide receiver core is legit. I mean, he has Amari Cooper as much hit or miss as he is, and Mike <laughs> Williams on the bench, like. So somebody out there likes Mike Williams. You know, Mike Williams could be a two or three. You know, he he's he has five wide receivers, and he's got Carlos Hyde, who at some point is gonna, you know, turn into an El Camino. So I, I just his team is legit. Is he's it though? I, f- I feel like his team is a little smoke and mirrors. I mean, when you get past Gurley, Adams, Cup, and Breeze, are any of those guys reliable weekly starters? Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at his lineup, he, he's setting it a certain way. He's got a QB1, he's got a wide receiver 1, he's got an RB1, right? From yeah. there, his, his tight end's all set. He loves his kicker. He'll stream his defense. And he's rolling out Cup as a 2. Maybe he should be a 3. But then he backs his his you know wide receiver 2 up with, hey, I'm going to throw up Cooper, you know, Amari Cooper or Mike Williams or Shepard. Um, he, he, he's going to score 120 points every week. Right, yeah. he just ne- he's never going to score ninety nine. He might not ever score one sixty, but um, through the bye weeks, he's he's probably going to go eight and five, yeah, at least. And he's he's just going to 
be boring. He might. He's probably not going to trade unless he has to. And he's going to be the guy that's like the four seed, and you're going to look at him and be like, ah, oh, shit, like he might beat me if my guys don't go off. Yeah, it's funny because when I made that uh, Cooper Cup trade with Evan, the, his tagline, because, you know, he loves Cooper Cup. Yep. He wanted to have a set it and forget it wide receiver core. Yep. You want to be able I can to definitely see that. Adams and Cooper and Cup and not have to think about it until, in, unless there's a bye week. And then Amari Cooper's Jekyll and Hyde. He, he'll either get 100 yards or less than 10. If Cooper Cup had red hair, he'd be his favorite receiver in the league, for sure. Oh, 100%. He, he, who knows? He might try to get Edelman. I mean, if you're a white guy playing a receiver, you're hitting Evan right in the fields. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, Carlos Hyde is so hit and miss. Lamar Miller is might lose his job. I mean, and then anytime you play for the Dolphins, red flag. Yeah. And then Eric Ebron was on the injury report with four separate injuries this week. And Evan Ingram has a sprained MCL. So I, I, I feel like he's going to hit more than he misses, but his misses might be really bad. I mean, I can see that. The, the good thing for Evan, he's, he's got the four wins right away. So yeah. he's, you know, if he was like my squad, one and four, you might be worried, but you already got four wins under the belt. He's going to, he's, he's in marination station. Yeah, absolutely, and he he's in a tight matchup with with Ryan this week, so we'll we'll see how that plays out. He might get another L this week. Um, you know, he's he's got some big bust potential with with some of the bye weeks he's got, especially with Breeze out this week. Mm. All right, let's move on on to Mike, uh, NU's finest, sitting in fourth place, four and one. I love this roster, Pete. Yeah, it might be my favorite team too. I mean. Alex Smith looked pretty putrid last week. Um, they were supposed to have a good offensive line. That should have been a blow-up spot against the Saints. I'm not sure what happened there. I don't know if the Saints' defense actually just got better. Um, but that was rough. I, I don't get it. They were 2-1. and one. You can take first place in the division, like run away with it kind of, and they just yep. they dropped the ball. Yeah. And he's got... Adam Thielen, Will Fuller, Josh Gordon, Mike Thomas, who's on who's on by, but is his one, and Nelson Aguilar at wide receiver. That is legit. His Nelson Aguilar was was is his five, and he was scoring 15, 23, 12 points. It it hasn't looked the same with Wentz, but that's his five. Like that's, I think he, yeah. He he drafted I mean the, the seventh slot. He got Aaron Rodgers, who's been hurt, so he's not even full potential. Yep. And and then he has Kenyon Drake and Mixon, you know, his third round pick and his fifth round pick, not even playing to potential like injuries and being busts. Yep. And he's and he's four and one because of how deep he is. I think he's made, you know, if my math on this looks correct, three cuts from his his draft. Yeah. So you could say he has the best draft, thirty percent of the of the you know league year in like that. That is. I'd say eight out of twelve teams have already cut picks eleven to seventeen. Yeah, and Mike's only made you know probably ten moves tops, and that's just tinker and kicker defense. Yeah, I mean it, it. The scary part is, say I had to add somebody to my roster this week, and I'm, I have Mike's roster. Who do I cut? Like, <laughs> I, Kenyon Drake, hmm. Sam Darnold, like. 
Yeah, Olsen. You probably cut Olsen if you had to. You can't. You can't. Yeah. And I know um, Nick's kicking himself in the dick for cutting Kittle after week one, but what are you going to do there? I mean, that that was just unlucky. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But that that is a – and he's going to get Greg Zerline back. He, he's got two legit tight end ones. He's got so much depth. that I, I always look at Mike's roster to see if I can make a trade. It's like I was trying to give him Geo when he had Mixon out. And mm. he doesn't need anything. So, like, how do you make a trade with a guy like that? The thing is, is his depth's so good, he's not going to trade you for his handcuff. Yeah. Yeah. I hear um, Mike's going to wait till week nine or 10. He usually makes a couple moves around the deadline. So, yeah. my guess is his squad's like a probably a nine and four squad. And at some point, like week nine or 10, he'll wait for like the suggested trade article. And yeah. when that comes out, he'll he'll make a move and you know get a, get another wide receiver to put up with Thielen and Fuller and, and Thomas and, and go from there. Well, the funny part is I was looking at Mike's roster after like week two or three, and I was like, holy crap, this dude's got so many injuries. How's he ever going to recover from this? And everyone came back like right away. <laughs> they're all they're all performing at high, at a high level. The Aaron Rodgers setback. I was worried. I t- he was like, do you pick up Kaiser? And he uh, sounds like Aaron Rodgers is just a savage. He's going to keep playing. Yeah, they're gonna give him a bigger knee brace this week, but he's he's fine. You get two knees, buddy. Keep it moving. Yep. All right. Moving on from Mike's, I I think Mike could probably go ten and three. I I I have a hard time seeing him lose. I mean, he's got he's got a tough schedule the rest of the season. He's got he's got to play all the top guys still, but he team's legit. Not gonna argue that for sure. All right. In fifth place, who had an early season run but has has dropped two straight, Balstradamus. Balzo three and two, yeah, B- better start from him in the pe- than in the past, that's for sure. Yep, he uh, lost to me and then Hassani last week. Can we can we pour a little? Can we cheers to uh, Saquads real quick? Oh, Jesus! <laughs> that, did you see that guy play last night? Did Did you watch the whole game? Yes, yeah, so like unreal man amongst boys, and he's he's a rookie. He's just he could be Bows. Don't trade him to Ryan. <laughs> just oh let God, him man. ride. Let him ride and score twenty points a week. Bows, don't yeah. don't even take him. Don't even take him out for your bye week. Just leave yes. him in. He might score. Like, don't five. even make the mistake. Seriously, it's just. Um, I was trying to compare him to somebody. And I couldn't figure it out. I was thinking, like, is he like a heavier, thicker Arian Foster? But he just is. I don't, I don't even know. He he's a he's just so strong and fluid. He he just unreal. He's a total package. Yeah, he he looked like to me Adrian Peterson with hands, like the way he was running. Hmm. I told you Adrian Peterson had hands. I don't know how I, to say that. It it it's not what you would describe his game as. Like like he's a bell cow, but it's not because he catches the ball. Like he he he's had a lot of receptions, but it's not like you never consider him like the the Todd Gurley where. You expect him to go and, and catch dump offs. I think it was just a convenience thing. But anyway, you know, Sa- Saquon had twelve targets. I might. I think that was a season low for him. <laughs> just like Juju, Tyreek Hill, Cam Newton post by. Like he's got Rosen sitting there on the bench. Like Bows should go seven and six, no doubt about it. Yep. Um He's sitting Calvin Ridley this week for Demarius, so he could move one of he's those always, guys at some point. He's always going to make that that choice wrong. Every week, hey, he's going to make that wrong. I, you know what I really like about Bowser's squad that I think is kind of underrated is that he has A.J. McCarron backing up Carr. Yeah. So he, 
he's playing the I'm taking my girlfriend out to brunch in Southie on Sundays and not worrying about my quarterback game. Yep. So props to you for that. Yeah, I mean, he had Taylor Henke on the on the bench until he went and got Robbie Anderson for some reason. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think Bowles wanted, you know, if he had more hair, he'd grow it and dye it blonde too and score an 80-yard touchdown, but he can't, so he picked up Robbie Anderson. Yep, there you go. So, by the way, the uh, the quote I heard on on, on Saquon uh, that really sort of rung a bell, he, had a, he has a gear that other players just don't have. I saw a tweet that said they uh, – you see the reason why they picked him number two and the reason why they shouldn't have picked him number two. That's yeah. how bad Eli was, for sure. Oh, horrendous. Like, if if you can just have Odell throw him the ball all the time. And they, maybe they could take turns. Maybe Saquon can throw the ball, too. Just just do <laughs> go full Ronnie Brown, run exclusively Wildcat, split Eli out wide so he get injured. I, mean, I never wish injury upon anybody, but my God, they... Like they need something to happen so they can feel okay moving on from their two-time Super Bowl winning it quarterback. Like he he needs to be gone. Poor Eli. Yeah, he's toast. I would say you know what I like about Bowles too. Like before you move on, is just that he has a couple sleepers still. Like he has Tariq Cohen. Yeah. Which, uh, just so everyone knows, he did draft third round in a different league. Um, and he has theoretic too. Like those those guys are bi week fillers, so he's gonna. He's gonna throw out a squad that's projected one twenty five every week, no doubt about it. Yep. Yeah. That's a you're not getting a soft matchup when you play Bows ever. Yeah. He's he's always gonna be there. Like it until he makes that horrendous trade with Ryan, he's his squad will always be competitive. <laughs> Agreed. And I think he I think he makes the playoffs. I I think he might be the squeaker. Like he, he may drop to like sixth or seventh seed somehow. Mm. But I think he makes the playoffs and he's got a dangerous squad. You just never know. Um, he has a lot of players that I don't project to play well in the cold weather. So we'll see how that works. But, Ooh, hot take. I like that. Yeah, but, I mean, you can say that of a lot of squads. I haven't spent a lot of time analyzing. I'm just staring at the names right now, and it just it doesn't read well, but we, we shall see. Um, so moving on down the list, coming to number seven, we got T. Oh, we got, I'm sorry, six, Tebow's before hosts. We got Craig. Craig. So Craig has the most lopsided team I've ever seen. <laughs> oh man, Craig's uh props to Craig. He's been very fast in the trade market this year. I know he yep. we joked at the draft, he grinds everybody down. He does. But uh he's got some new big wig position at Born Born uh, High School. So he's uh answering every trade in two minutes. So props to props to Craig there. Very deserves very much kudos. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he just got unlucky. I, I mean, anybody could have seen the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tyra and Tyra Taylor were not gonna be starting quarterbacks for long in this league. And he <laughs> kind of hung his hat on that. Um, spending the money for C.J. Beathard may not have been a bad move. He looks like a serviceable quarterback too. So I'm really big on the SiriusXM. Um, I know Chris listens a ton. I'm sure you do, and Evan does, but. Uh, a lot of those guys have been on daily fantasy. I know it's different for us playing season long, um, but they've been really big on saying, hey, let's start a C.J. Beathard or a Josh Rosen because worst case scenario, the guy throws, you know, a touchdown in the second quarter when he's down 21-0, and then he throws a touchdown in the fourth quarter when they're down, you know, 35-10. Yep. And all of a sudden you look up, the guy's got 300 yards and two touchdowns, and he's got 12 points for you, and you're like, holy shit, like, 
this guy is just as good as a, a Case Keenum that has three good weapons. I get the feeling that at the end of the season, barring injury, of course, if you held up C.J. Beathard's end-of-season stat line and compared it to the final stretch of Jimmy G last year, you're not going to be able to tell the difference. I mean, that's probably a stretch. Pies would probably argue that to the nail. But I, I would say that he's not going to be as bad as he was last season where he had like uh, two touchdowns and five picks, I believe, and like four starts. He's definitely not going to be that bad. Yeah, but Jim, Jimmy G, was he he was not that good last year. Like he played he soft schedule for sure. Soft schedule. That I feel like Rob, Robbie Gould won more games for them than Jimmy Garoppolo did. Like they had a lot of lot of kicker games. Yeah, stroke um, a fifty yard to take a W. Yeah, I mean they 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 were competitive. He kept them in games. He didn't make a lot of mistakes, but he made some, and he didn't. He wasn't blowing away the stat line. They just won games. I mean, I would like to take this time to tell Craig or everyone else listening. If you have a guy that's listed as out, you can put him in the IR spot. Ugh. He doesn't have to be listed as IR. <laughs> so for some cre- for some reason, Craig has Rex Burkett there. Yeah. Um, unless he's your team captain, drop him. Yeah, I I, put, I put hate Levy to Bell there. I, I hate to reveal that secret, but you know, uh, as the commission, you kind of have to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Evans also a big big guy on that. There, there's a few players that have guys that are sitting there on their bench that are not going to play. Um, with with even empty IR slots, you know, Craig's got Burkett in there. He's not he's not coming back. You can you can drop him. Some some guy on Tuesday that's listed as out. Put him put him in your IR spot and pick up a guy if you want to. Yep. Um, worst case scenario is next week you can't do waiver stuff and then you drop him like everybody else does. They drop a guy on Monday night. So just FYI for others that haven't kind of caught on to that. That's the reason why you see a lot of Monday night drops is because the guy goes from out to questionable again and you have to fix your lineup. That's all. Yeah, yeah, you see a lot of that. And then if you see in the transaction, you see a guy dropped, an ad drop, and then another ad. It's because you, you know, in order to change out the guy in your, your IR spot, you got to drop, you got to drop somebody, move them out of the IR spot, make your ad drop, and then you have a free spot and you can open back up. So, you know, thankfully in our league, we don't have continual waivers. So we can do that. Uh, if you just catch your timing right to make sure the guy, that you that you drop that you want to add back doesn't get scooped up right away. Um, I, you'll see me do that a lot. Can we talk about how, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but maybe a little bit how I said Andy traded Odell Beckham for some reason. Oh my and god! In the so last four, Clairvoyant had one good one good game. He, well, he I mean he had a nineteen or fourteen point game um, as a wide receiver. One, I don't know if you count that fourteen point game as stud. No. So like if if you count that nineteen point game as he probably wasn't even wide receiver 1 to 12, but in the last four weeks, he has a game of 32 points. Aside from those, less than 20 points a week. Um, Andy definitely traded you for a reason. So I, I think Beckham has kind of been a little bit of a disappointment, and, and that's just because of Eli's being a bum. Yeah, I mean, and but on Craig's squad, you got him essentially, he's his wide receiver two or three. Yep. And he's a great one. Um, so props to Craig, great move. I, I mean, I think looking at his squad, not having Bortles might hurt him. But I think the move probably helped him more than it hurt him. If you're Chris, how do you not get one of these receivers or Winston or Luck? I, I, I'm, that's I don't the only thing I can it, think yeah. of. I love AP. I think he's going to play through the injury. I love Hines. Like, uh, Craig has done a lot with very little that he drafted at running back. 
considering he only drafted Le'Veon Bell. So yeah. uh, to be three and two and having the only running back you drafted be out, that's very impressive. Yep, absolutely. And he, he's got – like his wide receiver core is so good that he's clearly able to make another – I'm kicking myself like really hard. He offered me Muhammad Sanu and some shit bum for <laughs> for Taewon Taylor, and I didn't take it because I want I didn't want to take on two guys to accept the trade. And it oh, was yeah. it was like su- Sunday morning. I want Sanu on my team. I, you know, as the Matt Ryan owner, he's obviously more valuable to me than he would be to anybody else. Um, I I would probably play him this week over Allen Robinson. I mean, uh, hundred yards or a touchdown the last three weeks. Yeah. And they play out of the slot, and Tampa Bay is terrible everywhere, but especially covering the slot. So, um, I mean, Craig won't play him because with three guys you have, who would you take out? But on anybody else's roster, he's probably a starter this week. Well, he, he was so deep a receiver, he traded me Lockett for Barber and then cut Barber. So, yep. He, uh, oh, yeah, it was Barber, the other guy who was trying to, to offer me because I had Ronald Jones. And I'm like, well, I, I don't want both because they're both terrible. And... Of, yeah, of the three or four teams in the league that have very little to work with on the bench, or not necessarily very little to work with, I'd say people that will turn nothing into something. I think Craig will do something at some point. To Always does. Yeah, move. he's yeah. he's probably the most accomplished trader the last few years. Great, uh, great add to the league for sure. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, and for a guy that hadn't done fantasy football before he joined our our league, uh, amazing. He had a couple. He had a couple years under the belt, but nothing, nothing, nothing as uh Yeah, I mean, nothing competitive. Difficult. Yeah. No. All right. Moving on. We have uh, who's next? <laughs> Just win, baby. Oh, sorry. No, Ch- Chili sucks. I'm sorry. Chili sucks. Um, so, Nicholas, God, I hate everything about his roster. <laughs> um, Nick is officially away for work. He's like the old school Mike where he went, um, you know, yeah. went away for a few weeks. So, he won't be around, but I think he's just kind of banking on depth and be in the boring squad that's going to score to 120. That's it. Yeah, I mean, he's got Stafford on a bye, Eli Manning, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I'm sorry. Mitch Trubisky is not going to do that week in and week out. I, I, he hadn't had more than one touchdown. From what I see, he can't throw left. Yeah. That's the, that's the word on the street. Word on Twitter, he can't throw left. Yeah. And he goes, in, like, he goes into, into Miami this week. Where they've got some of the best corners, including best slot corner in Minka Fitzpatrick, they're going to struggle hard. Um, Nick is pr- primed for an L. He, he's yeah, he's going up against Bowles, who's already had um, Saquon go off this week. Um, the one guy, the sneaky pickup he got, Tyler Boyd. Great pickup. Um, great pickup. As as the Andy Dalton owner, I am kicking myself for not doing that move. Um, it's come to the point where I've been seriously contemplating offering him Kenny Holiday for Tyler Boyd straight up. Wow, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to do it, but like, uh, I'd rather go the rest of the season. Yeah, me too. Word, you know, but that just testament to how good Boyd really has been. Yeah, um, and I think with with John Ross back this week, I think you know that takes let takes some pressure off of Boyd. Um, you know, that's more of a distraction. Excuse me for the defense. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he goes off because something. With... Sorry, I got a cough. You falling apart, Alice? That's me. Um, something well, ain't right. Yeah. Something ain't right with Keenan Allen. 
Like what I would say is like he drafted his squad to be strong at running back, and instead he's strong at receiver because of the Boyd pickup. Yeah, I think Keenan Allen's gonna be fine. But like if you look at his squad, like he drafted Zeke, Freeman, and McCoy. Yeah. Freeman might be Freeman might be done for the year. He's got yep. a broken bone in his foot. Like he literally could be. He might be toast. Yep. Um, McCoy could bounce back. He's obviously not going to get traded to the Eagles now. Those two guys look good. I mean, I could be wrong. Who knows? But carry on. Like, that that was a good pickup. Like, he might run Zeke and carry on the rest of the year. He should, you know, ship off one of those guys. But just thinking for Nick, kind of unlucky. If some if one of those guys could bounce back and he could move one plus a, I don't know, Trubisky or Eli for something to upgrade at QB, he could be in good shape. But he he's he's in this weird spot right now where he, he needs to get a little lucky or get a little healthy and he can he's gonna be up and down the rest of the season for sure. Yeah. Hey, he's got he's got a lot of boomer bust guys. Um so I've been interested to say he's another guy if if for some reason Nick listens to this, which I, I can't imagine he does, but if he does <laughs> get Devontae Freeman into your IR spot and pick somebody else up. I mean there's nobody out there, but God, just pick somebody up. Do something. Yeah. Kyle Loletta, Giants QB, fire it up. Oof. <laughs> All right, moving on from Nick. Poor Nick. I, I think Nick misses the playoffs. I think he's... It, it, you know what? It could be, and it's not going to be because of his draft. It's going to be because of injuries. Yep. All right. Number eight. Uh, <laughs> starting with the, the run of one four teams. Uh, we got... <laughs> The team that should not be named with Pete appearing on the podcast. Shittiest team name there is. Yeah. Um, it's a reflection of the roster. I mean, Chili sucks with the two middle fingers. It's pretty bad. Um, but but <laughs> this, this is, this I know, is, is one that's not your favorite. Um, so Ryan, Ryan's team has been absolutely murdered by, by injury. Um, you know, Doug Baldwin, what the hell? You know. <laughs> he still started him. I mean, you have to, right? No, fuck no. Sit that guy's ass down. One one catch for one yard last week. He has like four. He has two catches all year, I think. Yeah, I've I've two words for you. My lookalike. Oh, oh yeah, your boy Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer has always been and will always be a run first offensive coordinator. And for the record, he is terrible. I don't know, like. I don't know how long your your last name can continue to get you jobs in this league. He is amongst the worst. As the David Johnson owner, Mike McCoy is number one on my list as far as terrible offensive coordinators. But yep, God, he is awful. But their run game is legit right now. Like it's working. I just, I would say when you look at Ryan's roster, when he picked Gordon uh, round, I think he took. Wasn't round, round one or two, round, round one maybe because he was yeah. trying to figure out yeah like he He's trying to get Yahoo to give him a good rating yeah he he hasn't been both he hasn't been in the league we're in together and he was all over Melvin Gordon and he was you know he had a home run there he, you know Melvin Gordon should have been if we're redrafting today I probably take Gordon at two yeah I mean he, he's he's that offense is so good Eckler is good for Andy like he's oh absolutely like he's he's the truth he's legit and uh, Chris was all over him as a rookie like. Melvin Gordon is he can ball. Um, Golden Tate's like his binky. I don't think he like necessarily loves having him. Um, but Ryan but he, always he's, just, like, he's his one right now. But he's like oh. he is a great two. I just th- he, Ryan's 
Ryan has to make a move. I don't think he wants to make a move because he hasn't found the value he wanted. So he's either number one, like overvaluing guys a la Chris, a.k.a. Seth LeCompte Pires, or he's just playing the patience game and he's going to be right in the end. And I, I just – I don't see it right now, um, but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I mean, he's got, what, five running back twos? Running back <laughs> three. two, three borderline? I mean, running back two, I'd say he has Yeldon and – and Howard, and then yeah. after that, he's got threes. You know, Jones yeah. and Freeman. When Mac, even Mac, that's a that's a good pickup. Yeah, but he, Kiki and Geronimo at, at one and four. I, I wouldn't be happy rolling either one of those guys out with Doug Baldwin this week. Yeah, that's 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 a rough receiving. That's probably guy. He, yeah, I'm gonna pick one. This is the worst worst receiving core in the league right now. Oh, it's gotta be. I, mean, I looked at Doug Baldwin has six catches. Oof. I mean, I know they always they always start slow and end strong, but I I don't know that's going to happen this year. I I just I mean, Crowder has Crowder been any good? The the Watkins for Yeldon was a hell of a trade for Ryan. Oh yeah, no, it was a great move because I don't want to play Watkins. No, so you get you something would, for him. I I probably start him in Madden if I need him to kick return you know return kicks or punts yeah. or something. That's about it, pal. Ryan, this team is uh. It's teetering. I think it's Gordon dog. goes on. Gordon, Gordon goes on. He has a lot of week seven buys, a lot of week eight buys. Yep. Um, this is a huge week for Ryan. He ne- he needs to win. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think he wins week seven or eight, no matter who he's playing. And he, he could make a lot of moves. Like he definitely could. I I just don't know. I don't know. I, I can't. Jordan Howard. If Jordan Howard pops off. That I, that's the only thing I can see. Jordan Howard pops off. He rolls him and Melvin Gordon two weeks in a row, and then all of a sudden he's you know three and four. But other than that, I don't know. Yeah, he was ready to trade Howard for a, for a wide receiver two this week. Um, I you know one rumor rumor mill I saw was uh, Gronkowski for Howard. I thought that would have been a good deal. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm not mad at his camera break pickup. So no, I mean it, it's tempered a bit with OJ Howard actually making the field this week, but. He's still he's the guy in the red zone. So in with Winston, so I, I think he still at least scores a touchdown this week. But and, and hold Howard. I mean, what, what's the worst case scenario? Ryan goes one and five, and then has a couple guys have big weeks and, and fires up a new team, rolls out Golden Tate. Like he could, it could be yeah. worse. It could be better. He's just uh, he needs to steal a win. That's what he needs to do. I think he sneaks into the playoffs in, in the eighth seed. I don't he know. He seems to. I mean, he doesn't miss the playoffs often. He never misses it, so you can't count him out. I just uh, this might be this will be a testament of how good a manager he is if he can finagle something. Yep. I mean, so good good luck to Ryan. I, I I definitely wouldn't count him out, and I think he'll make some kind of unorthodox move that you're like, wow, good. You know, he'll see some value in someone that no one does, and he'll make it happen. Yeah. Watch out, Balzo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on from Ryan. Next down the list is your team, Pete. Alshon, big job yesterday. Let's get it. 27.4. That looked good, man. Um, he looked good all game. Eye test, for sure. And, and those are not easy corners that he played against. That was He looked good. So on 98.5, they have the two guys, the bankroll boys. Yep. Uh, they do Thursdays now. And they said that Janoris Jenkins has been really struggling. And supposedly he was like the ranked 100th corner of the year. So I think... You know, if you have guys facing the Giants, sorry, Andy, your favorite squad. 
but if you have a number one guy facing Jenkins, you might want to roll him out the next couple of weeks. Don't be scared of starting him because he he definitely looked pretty legit versus Jenkins. So, Pete, I'm looking at your roster. <laughs> How do you get a running back? Because you're in rough, rough shape. I mean, Leonard Fournette is probably going to be out till week 10. Mm-hmm. James Conner, he may turn into a pumpkin after this week. And this could be it. This could be it this, on Connor. Yeah. yeah, this could be it. I, I, I dealt him in another league for Jordan Howard. That's how, how scared I was of keeping him on my roster. Oh, I, I love that trade. I, I would trade jump, the James Conner for Howard. That's a great deal. Yeah. Um, you know, Derrick Henry is literally the worst. And Latavius Murray, went, they've given him chances. And he so, still hasn't been yeah. overused. That offensive line is so bad, and he's, yeah. not, he's never been able to create his own opportunities. He's a dive into the end zone guy. That's that's been Lat Murray's claim to fame is he scores touchdowns, but he hasn't gotten them. Yep. He, he doesn't get people to the red zone. He just cleans up. I'm pretty sure they have no rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I would and say was like CJ Ham or some shit like that. Uh, Jared Goff's been legit. Been legit. Yep. I took a lot of heat for Mariota round four. As you should uh, have. That was terrible. Goff was great. Back, when you go back and look at round four. Um, it might be the worst run of the draft. It's Larry Fitzgerald, Jarek McKinnon. It, it's it's a it's a no man's land. So um, who did I get? Ertz or Ryan? That, that uh, round? Kelsey went to Andy. Uh, that that probably is the best pick in that round. I mean, McCoy, Fitz, Ertz. That that might be the, that's probably the best pick in the round. Thielen to Mike. But yep. other than that, you're talking Jordan Howard, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mariota, Collins, Chris Hogan. Thielen, Demarius, McKinnon, McCoy, Fitz, Ertz, and Cooper. Out of twelve guys, like that is literally the no man's land. So, yeah. you know, I went after my guy, didn't catch him. So, uh, not to get off track, but to to get a running back, I don't know. But if you're gonna shoot darts anywhere, I'll shoot darts at running back. I um, yeah. I had a few things on the table this week. Um, trying to move a tight end for running back, um, more specifically getting like a tight end one. So let's just say Kelsey, like who could you trade Kelsey for? Um, and there's, there, there wasn't much out there unless you want to trade an elite player at his position at a discount. There isn't a way to get an RB two. Yeah. So you're, you're stuck throwing a dart with Lat Murray and hoping that cook doesn't play versus the soft Arizona defense. So for me, it's roll Connor out, try to get to two and four, move up to seed seven with a lot of points, and then just really work the wire and hope, you know, hope Henry trims up or gets in better shape or something. Um, it's 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 tough though. I, I think the market is a little bare. People are still holding on tight, but as things progress, things might loosen up a little bit. Uh, Trey Burton's obviously on the table, so if anyone wants Trey Burton. Um, hopefully he has a couple good good weeks in a row to make him more uh, more valuable. That shows he's kind of fits in the offense. Yeah, I mean you've got enough wide receiver depth that you can. You're definitely a packaged deal type guy. Um, you know what kind of it's kind of tough is that Lockett has his bye week after this week. Yeah. Um, because he really should be a wide receiver three. Yeah. Um, like a boomer bust type of thing, like a Deshaun Jackson or a like Andy has a noon wide versus me. Like he he should be in that class. Yeah. Uh, you know, low middle low end three. You know, ship him off to somebody like for RB. I, I'm just not sure what happened with the bye week, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lockett's only week under four, four, you know, 15 points essentially. He was being shadowed by 
uh, Patrick Peterson. <laughs> the only uh, only we get in score a touchdown. Wow, that's a, that's a stat. Yeah, I mean, look at I mean that's the only the only time, and that was ten points. You went five for. 50 I would say it. At one in four, I dropped uh, like 150 and lost. Dropped 135 and lost, and lost yeah. by one point. So all my bad beats should be behind me. So I'm really just hoping to go six and seven. Yeah, I mean, you played a lot of the the top teams already. So. Yep. Yeah, I, I I think you're primed for a run. I think you definitely need to make a move at running back. But James Conner may stick around and may be a viable RB one all season. Who knows? Well, Chris preaches the Kamara, um, you know, Ingram. So if he could be. That's just not how the Steelers play, though. I guess. No, if he could be some kind of Mark Ingram, I guess that would be the goal. Yeah. Like if, if, yeah. if Bell could be third downs and uh, uh, Connor could just be the, the goal line guy and, you know, he could be like the old school Broncos running back with, with Peyton Manning that just falls in 10 times. Yeah. And, and who knows what, what Bell's going to do? I mean, you know, I, my, my opinion is no camp, Bell, no anything, you know. He, He's going to have the bye week, week seven. Um, they get a two-week roster exemption. So week seven and eight, he doesn't play. Week nine, he plays 50%. Week 10, he's full go. Yeah. So that's enough to, to ride him for a while. So For sure. Yeah. And your, your wide receiver core is great. Hopkins, Diggs, Jeffrey looks legit. You know, you've, And you've got depth. So I think you're in a good spot. I just think some things need to follow your way. And who knows? Leonard Fournette's a wild card at this point. I mean... Yeah. Maybe Keenum will wake up. I don't know. We'll see. I'm. I'm just. Uh, it's gonna. I'm. I'm stretch, sweating out to week thirteen. So I'm prepared for the ride. Yeah, I mean, and you don't obviously you don't have a QB three, but you got late buys, so that guys will become available. So I think you're okay. For sure. All right, moving on down the list. After you, it's Hassani. <laughs> Hassani. Hassani I, beat Bowles last week to get off the Schneid. Um, he has no roster in this week. Uh, playing, going full Hassani Belichick against against Chris. Um, I was a, a little surprised he remembered to put his his defense in because um, he had the Thursday defense. Uh, it worked out okay. I, he picked up the Eagles, who I dropped this week, and they scored eleven points. And that's their their high all season. Supreme coaching. Yeah, good job, Hassani. Um, it, he drafted a bad team, and he continues to have a bad team. Um. Watson and Brady are legit ones that neither have really disappointed and they will probably get better. Um, James White is, you know, now that the other running backs have fallen away, it's just him and Michelle. I, he's going to be an every week starter. Uh, Robert Woods is going to be an every week starter. And beyond that, it's a lot of woofing and hoping that you just get, you know, make the right coaching decisions because. God, he's got he's got a lot of guys that you'd call blank position four. <laughs> well, Sonny, I mean Brady Watson, round one, round two. Jay Ajayi, Jay Ajayi, then Chris Hogan. So he missed three and four. Yep. Then he comes back with White and Woods. I mean, if Asani had hit round four, which was no man's land, or yep. even anything in round five, you know, he could be two and three or three and two. Um, Hassani has been getting a ton of offers. Like he no has. Shit. Yeah, he's got Ryan on, on knocking on the door a ton. Uh, me and Evan, same thing. Mike, Mike with his all his depth knocking on the door. And he just, uh, he's holding. He, he let up on Keenum early for myself, I think, because of Jordy. Yeah. Which I don't, I don't think he's even started Jordy, but Jordy's been killing it. Um, I don't know how, how 
how legit he's going to be, but I think since he's had Jordy Nelson, he has 28, 17, and 14. Like, he's – I mean, I could be wrong a little bit on those, but he has, like, a 20-point game, a 15-point game, and almost a 15-point game. Yeah, I mean, he's a three. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a good trade. Like, and then what he should have – Hassani should have done was Craig at the draft said, give me Keenum, and I'll give you my next two picks. Yeah. And at that point in time, he had drafted Keenum – um, like round eight. So he would have had Craig's like eight and nine right after him, I believe. Yeah. So like you're talking like a Bortles and then like an AP or like a Marshawn Lynch and a Eli Manning type of thing. Like Hassani could have had a QB three and an RB two and he didn't do it. Yeah. Um, I love the root for Hassani. I hope he listens, but I, I just don't know what – he has to make a lot to do with very little. So I, I just don't see – I don't know how he'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, it's Asani. He just He's such a wild card. I think he's going to take down Potters this week. Chris will be on tilt. Oof. And and that will be like a, a big – that will be a big W for him, you know? Yeah. And then I think Asani goes – I think it will be like four and seven. And then from there, does he, you know, does he make the moves to figure it out or not? Yeah. Always exciting to see what Hassani's gonna do. <laughs> Love him. He's my fave. Yeah, yeah. Total wild card. He, he makes the league interesting. Uh, let's talk my opponent this week. Uh, our our two time champion Travis and yeah. the Goon Squad. Yep. Um. Yeah. I I'm not sure what to think about his roster. Um, oh, he was one of my favorite drafts too. He just murdered by injuries. McKinnon and. Cook and oh, just brutal. I mean, just to be honest, the facts are for me personally, and I know I think probably two or three people would agree. Um, Travis gets a pass this year. Yep. Um, he's about he's a month away from uh walking down the plank, I mean, getting married. Um, so he's this is his past year. He's been he's established himself the last three, four years, I think. 2015, he won the ship when Chris got married. So he was like, you know, best man of the year, took down the ship. And I just, I think he gets a pass. He had McKinnon go down with injury. He had Cook go down with injury. Uh, he beat me last week to come off of 0-4. Like, you know, as much as I want to talk smack about uh, Trav beating me and being 1-4, um, this league's more than football and he's a, uh, He's got all his other ducks in a row, and I think yep. he just kind of got unlucky with the McKinnon injury. And I, I, for me, like when I look at stuff, he he has a full on pass this year in my book. I don't know if you agree or how you feel on it, but yeah. As a guy that always beats me, I I, I never want to root for the guy. Um, <laughs> but and like he had McKinnon, and then he had Brita, and he had Dalvin Cook, and I. I I couldn't have sent him any more trades for Lat Murray and for Alfred Morris. I just, I had them both. I was like, please just take them for anything. And his, his bench was so bad. I couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything on his bench. Like there's nothing that I wanted. And I'm like, I have to keep asking for starters and he's not going to give them to me. It was tough too. It was like, he knew he was going a little short with Wentz and yep. they lost McKinnon right away. So it's like, fuck, you know, and then Cook gets hurt. So it's like at some point, like week two, maybe, you know, he's rolling in without three of his top four picks. So, you know, yep. to be even one and four and, um, you know, be projected 134, like he's probably projected to go five and eight. So he could still 
you know, get that seven or eight seed. So he's he's battling. He's battling. He might not trade, but he's going to battle because he, he's got a, a little bit of everything on that roster for sure. Yep. Uh, I think Travis missed the playoffs this this, this year. He's, he's got a lot of top-heavy talent, but I, I just I don't think he can put together enough wins to make the playoffs. Agreed. Trav, live it up in Mexico. You ain't making the playoffs, pal. Hmm. All right. And then just just lose, baby. Uh, poor, <laughs> poor Andy. Andy! You um, lost his top quarterback. You hate to see that. Um, Kareem Hunt has been better than advertised. I think he, he might be a, a little bit of a steal in the draft. Started a little slow. Yeah. Uh, but this this roster is just... Oof. It's not, not feeling it? I mean, what what do you feel good about? You feel good about Brandon Cooks and Julian Edelman? I mean, it's kind of sad. Like, I mean, I don't want to knock on Andy. I mean, he's yeah. a rival. But, I mean, Coleman and Eckler? He's got so much depth. His, his bench, other than those poor QBs he has to roster, like... You know, Chris Carson, Bilal Powell, and Austin Eckler as his backup running backs. That's legit. I want some of that. He won't give it to me. <laughs> yep. I think Andy has made a trade to stay relevant. Yep. Um, he had a squad that could be like 0-5 right now with the lowest points ever, like 400 yeah. points. But, like, he waited, got Mariota kind of cheap, got Bortles kind of cheap, like only traded Beckham. So like he he left himself with a squad to work with still, so he's riding it out. He might not win six games, but he also didn't ruin his season yet either. No, I I think things. Cool, Larry could... Fitz though. Oh my god, that just it's brutal. I, I, don't, I, I mean, I play him this week. I don't want to pipe him up, but like, if you know Freeman's out and he's got Coleman sitting there, he's going to be RB fifteen or something. Yeah. 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 Well, that is every team in the league, Pete. I appreciate you taking me uh, the commission, commissioner eye view around the league. Um, good luck to everybody out there for the rest of the season. Hopefully, Pete will get you back on the podcast real soon. Um, thanks, thanks for having me. Sorry if it took a while. No, it's it's, it, it's been a blast. I'm glad we could finally get you on. Um, so for here, uh, we're gonna throw it to our interview that we recorded earlier today, um, and I'll let me take it from here and. Enjoy. All right. I'd like to welcome our special guest this week on the League Podcast. He's the host of the Pat and Aaron Show on 620 WDAE in Tampa and iHeartRadio. And the Pat and Aaron Show, the People's Podcast, Pat Donovan. Welcome to the show, Pat. Thanks for being here. Yeah, good to be with you, man. Uh, so this podcast is really centered around a 12 guy fantasy football league in Wareham, Massachusetts. And you are, so is, is it, it's just your, it's just about your league. Yeah. I mean, we, we talk like about it. all things fantasy football. It really, the impetus was just to, to talk crap to each other over a podcast. Um, I like it. Try to make it sound a little more legit, get some, uh, get some real content out there. So we try to actually do some real fantasy football analysis while tying it back to the teams in our league. Well, hey, other dudes, I just want to say Kevin's going to kick your ass this season, so you're in trouble. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so people may be wondering, uh, Pat is a sports media personality out of Tampa, Florida. How the hell is he on a podcast about Fantasy Football League in Wareham, Massachusetts? Well, Pat and I actually grew up in the same neighborhood in, in uh, Shangri-La, East Wareham. Uh, Pat, you were a few years ahead of me. You're pretty good friends with my brother. Um so how did you get down to Tampa and get into sports media? 
Well, oh, sorry, my, my research team is uh, very excited that my research partner, a.k.a. wife, is home, apparently. Um, but so basically, I went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Boston, and I interned for WWE for a short time. Uh, WWE, WEEI for a short time. And when it came time to start talking about a job, they were really honest with, with me, which was great. And, and the conversation was like, look, Pat, you want to be talent, right? You want to be on the air this is Boston and you just don't get your start in Boston. You get your start in butt bleep Wisconsin is what I was told. So (laughs) I knew I had to go to a a smaller market than the top five market like Boston to try to get some experience. So in looking around, I had some connections down here in Tampa and was able to move down here. So I thought I'd give it a shot in Tampa. And I've been fortunate enough because while it's not uh, Boston, as far as market size, it's also not butt bleep Wisconsin. uh, So to be able to start my career here in a top 20 market, I've been very fortunate. Yeah, I mean, uh, what could be better than starting out in a in a market in Florida with three three you know relevant you know professional sports teams? I mean, what, what could be better than that? Yeah, uh, I'm really happy. I need I knew I needed to be somewhere, in, in my opinion, with Na- with the National Football League, with Major League Baseball. Anything after that was kind of icing on the cake. So uh, I've fallen in love with the Lightning as well, though being here in Tampa. So. Uh, glad to have hockey around as well. But I knew I needed to be in a market personally where I'd be able to cover the NFL and cover Major League Baseball. So to be able to do that, again, in a top 20 market and in a great place like Tampa, I really couldn't be happier. That's awesome. So you do you do your podcast for the Pat and Aaron Show. You have the Pat and Aaron Show, which is, I believe, right now it's a weekend show? It is, yeah. The Pat and Aaron Show is, is a weekend show. Uh, sometimes get bounced for things like the Florida Gators tomorrow. Um but we're generally on every weekend. And then the People's Podcast is a podcast that we do as well, which is very similar to our show, but a little more outside of the box of sports. Uh, both of those are sponsored by a, a local Nissan dealership, which is great because I don't have to drive the, uh, the dumper that I actually own. I get to drive one of their Maximus. So uh, uh, very happy with that as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Moss Nissan. Got to throw in a plug for them. Yeah. They're yes. a big sponsor. Yeah, you're in- if you're in Florida, Newport Richie's uh, not that far away, and they've got uh, they got a lot of great Nissans over there. Uh, yeah. And also doing uh, also doing uh, uh, our, our rock station as well on Saturday nights now. Oh, very cool! And I I see you're doing you know you're doing reporting for you know the Buccaneers practices lately. Um, you, I've seen you do a few TV spots here and there, so you're you're doing well down there, man. I I love it, and you're right. Yeah, I cover the Bucks for the station. That's kind of my main gig outside of. Uh, hosting here and there and producing there and here and there. I'm kind of our, our Buccaneers guy. So I'm at uh, every practice, uh, just about every practice. I'm at every home game. I don't travel with the team because radio stations generally don't pay for that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, doing all the whole home games is nice and, and, and being at all the practices. And, you know, I, you know this. I grew up as such a football nerd to be able to get in the locker room, get the insight that you get from being able to be around players all the time. It's really been invaluable. So as I recall from being a kid, you were a Giants guy, weren't you? I was. I grew up a Giants fan. To be honest, I'm still a Giants fan. You know, I pull for the Buccaneers. It's really difficult to root against guys that you get to know on a personal basis, unless they're jerks. And, and to be honest, while a lot of people would be surprised by this, the vast majority of them, not only are they not jerks, they're usually exceptional people. So when you're in a locker room full of guys that you genuinely like, really difficult to root against them. So I'm pulling for the Bucs as hard as anybody every Sunday but I'm also still a Giants fan at heart. Yeah. Very cool. So I want to get your, your thoughts on the Bucks here in a second. I just want to ask, do you play fantasy football? So here's the funny thing. 
I have my entire life, at least, you know, for as long as it's been a big deal. And this year, for the first time, I spent so much time covering football, I kind of stopped playing Madden a year or two ago, even though the color commentator on Madden, Charles Davis, is, is actually a friend of mine and put stuff in the game that I told him to put in the game. I stopped playing a couple of years ago because I'm so football consumed that I just kind of stopped doing it for fun almost. I still watch for fun but as far as like playing Madden or fantasy football. This year I said, you know what, I'm going to take a step back and I'm not going to play fantasy football. And for the first couple of weeks, it was really enjoyable. I was like, you know, I'm really happy to not be playing fantasy football. Now I kind of miss it a little bit. I do. I think I'll be back next year. Very cool. So uh, let's talk Bucks. So yeah. you are the authority on, on Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're, you know more than anybody that I know, obviously. So coming out of their bye week, you know, what is your outlook on this offense with Jameis Winston under center? You know, I, I think it might take a little while to click. And listen, nobody's going to do what Ryan Fitzpatrick did the first three weeks of the season. It's never happened before. Nobody's ever thrown for 400 yards three consecutive weeks, especially the start of season. The kind of numbers that he put up, it was unrealistic to expect him to continue to do that. And it's unrealistic for, James, for you, anybody to expect Jameis to be able to do that. That said, Jameis Winston's the best quarterback on this football team, and there's no question about that. And I think that there's, there should be an expectation that this offense continues to click, if not only get better as the season goes along, because I expect the defense to do not great things, but better than they've done, right? Yeah. So if the defense just does a little bit more, you put the ball, offense in the, ball, the, the ball in the offense's hands, they should produce as well. And I think we've seen a lot from Jameis. A lot of people will talk about the issues that he's had, the, the, the turnovers that he's had. But at the end of the day, after he came back from his shoulder injury last season, the last five games of the year, that's the best we've ever seen Jameis. And he, he continued that in training camp. He continued that in preseason. He looked fairly good against a very good Bears defense last week. I expect Jameis to continue to improve, and I expect the offense to continue to be clicking. Very cool. And how much do you attribute what Fitzpatrick was, was able to do to the new offensive coordinator? Well, <clears throat> Todd Munkin's been the offensive coordinator oh, now. Yeah. They, they did change it a little bit this season, whereas last year he was wide receivers coach and offensive coordinator, and yeah. Dirk Cutter was the one who was actually calling the plays. So he was, to your point, a little bit more of the offensive coordinator, even though in name it was Todd Munkin. Now Todd Munkin's calling the plays, so there is definitely a difference in the way the offense is being run. I definitely credit Todd Munkin's aggressiveness and play calling for some of that. I also credit the fact that this is an offense that's just loaded with weapons. And O.J. Howard was a rookie last season and looks like a completely different person and player this season. Chris Godwin was a rookie last season, just really didn't get enough opportunities. And when we saw him, we saw a kid that was really polished for a young player. And that's starting to come to fruition now, too. So when you can go down the list and you got a Mike Evans and a Deshaun Jackson and a Chris Godwin and an Adam Humphreys and then two really good tight ends in O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray, unless your offensive line is atrocious, you better be able to do something on offense. Well, speaking of the offensive line, is it – just that the defense has been not so great and they've had to chase points? Or what is what is going on with the running game on this team? I, I think it's a little bit of the fact that either they've been way ahead or way behind in every game this season. And a lot of times, you know, neither of those things really give you, because when they've been way ahead, they've done that through the air. Sometimes neither of those things give you the opportunity to run the ball the way that you want to. Because when, you, when you're way ahead and you get into that second half, people know you're going to try to slow the game down. They know you're going to try to run the football. So they, 
they're going to make sure they try to stop that. And when you're way behind, you just can't run the football. So that's part of it. Another part of it is it does take a little while for the offensive line to gel, and they have moved some guys around as well as have new pieces there. And also, Ronald Jones has just been a major disappointment. I really like the young man. He's a great kid, but he's had a tough time in his transition to the NFL. Obviously, that was pretty obvious early in the year where he didn't dress while undrafted rookie free agent Sean Wilson from Duke did dress for this football team. He played a couple weeks ago. But it's more of what we saw in the preseason. It's more of what we saw in training camp. He's a young man that just doesn't look comfortable yet in the NFL, is not a good pass catcher from that running back position. And so while he's a guy that they brought in to be that speed back behind Peyton Barber, and he hasn't really worked out, it's made, that, it's made it that much more difficult as well. And even Peyton Barber hasn't got that many opportunities to flash, but hasn't flashed maybe as much as we'd expect him to. I think that the further along we get into the season and they get more comfortable as an offensive line, especially when Ronald Jones starts to look like an NFL player, they'll be a better running team. But I don't think they'll ever be a team that comes out and just pounds the rock. It's not yeah. with the weapons they have on the outside. I mean, do you think coming out of the bye that there's a, a change in emphasis at all? Or do you think they've you know tried to scheme for Ronald Jones to maybe try to get build his confidence? Because he's just, he, you know, you could see in the preseason he, he was, wasn't running, you know, with any sort of aggression or with any confidence. He seemed hesitant, not in that good Le'Veon Bell hesitant way, like just was afraid to make cuts or to really just get in between the tackles. Uh, what what do you think changes coming out of the bye? Anything? Well, you're 100% right with, with your take on Ronald Jones. He's not patient. He's hesitant. And, yeah. and, he, and again, he just doesn't look like he's quite ready for this level yet. And that's okay, by the way. He's a rookie. He's a young player. Sometimes it takes, you know, we're at a point now that we expect sometimes too much too fast from young players. And I think that's on, and you know, there are Bucks fans already talking about how Ronald Jones is a buff. That's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. The kid just hasn't, the kid hasn't matured yet clearly at this level, but that doesn't mean he never will. Um, at, at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm not sure what to expect from, from this team running the football, but if they can be adequate, I mean, just adequate on defense, they're going to be able to win football games because that offense is going to score some points. Yeah. I mean, they look great. Um, so transition to another to the couple of guys you talked about earlier. Um, I want to talk about the tight ends. So in the the first, you know, three three and a half games uh, with with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, OJ Howard looked like he was breaking out. Now, obviously, rookie year tight ends really struggle. You know, historically, everywhere in the league, not just OJ Howard. He looked like he was really breaking out, particularly between the twenties. Not necessarily in the red zone, but he would, you know, he would look like he was going to be an open field monster. So he hurts his MCL. He comes. It looks like he's going to play this week. Practice full today, which is and, and yesterday, which is amazing. Um, what do you think it looks like at tight end with the two guys now with Winston under center, who really had affinity for throwing the ball to Cameron Brayton in the end zone last year? He did, and I don't think that stops anytime soon. And I think it's a really good thing for the Buccaneers because when you can run too tight, and Kevin, you know this, when you can run too tight, you can kind of dictate to the defense what you're going to do. And they really have nothing that they can do about it. If you've got guys who can play wide receiver, you've seen it in New England. When you've got two guys who can play tight end like wide receiver, it's really difficult because now they can run the ball at you with those two tights or they can split a guy outside. And who's going to cover them? Because the linebackers aren't going to do a real good job of it, and the safeties and corners aren't going to do a real good job of it. 
and it just it makes it makes teams as again as you've seen with the Patriots really dangerous when you've got two really good tight ends like that. And I don't think that stops at all. I think Jameis will continue to throw the ball to Cam Braid a lot. I think he's going to find OJ Howard more because again, OJ Howard is just getting more opportunities. He got more than Chris Godwin last year, but he didn't get a ton. And OJ, if you spoke to him last year, you'd say, "Here's a young man that's confident, and here's a young man that's mature." But if you speak to him this year, after speaking to him last year, you'd say, how much sure was he? How confident? It's like he's a different guy. He's one of those guys that you can just tell is, okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an NFL player, and I'm here to, and I belong. And he might have believed that last year, but he knows it now. And I think his ceiling is massive. You know, his floor, I think, might be lower than some people think because sometimes he can disappear in games. But if you find him the football in space, like you mentioned, He's a dangerous football player. He's an unbelievable athlete. When you see this guy in the locker room, he's shaped like a wide receiver, except like a wide receiver ate a wide receiver. Like he's in a wide receiver shape, but he's tight end <laughs> size. He's an yeah. absolute freak athletically, and I think we just see him get better and better and better. So do you have any concerns about his ability to block and to be able to stay on the field in situations where necessarily he can't split out or, and run around? None. Absolutely not, no. Cam Bright on the other side, uh, not necessarily a great blocker, although he's improved so much from a couple of years ago where he just didn't belong blocking anybody in the NFL. He's adequate now. OJ, as a rookie, looked like a man. OJ, as a rookie, could block just about anybody that you'd ask a tight end to block, and he's only improved. Like I said, he looks like a wide receiver and a tight end. He looks like a wide receiver, but he's the size of a tight end. He's an unbelievable athlete. He's unbelievably strong. And I'm not at all – I mean, he, everyone's going to get beat sometimes, but I'm not concerned about OJ as a blocker at all. Very cool. So I want to talk about the receivers real quick. So last year was pretty much just the Mike Evans show. Jameis never really connected with Deshaun Watson, and Chris Godwin was obviously you know, developing. So this year, it looks like all three guys have really excelled with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. So with Winston back, do you think it's more of the same from last year where it's, you know, Evans and then the other guys are secondary reads, or do you think it's going to be a little bit more balanced? I, it's definitely going to be more balanced. I think Mike Evans is always going to be a guy that Jameis looks for and finds a lot. Uh, and, and, and don't forget about Adam Humphreys either. I know he hasn't made a ton of plays early in the season, but the thing about Cam Brate and Adam Humphreys is Jameis knows where they're going to be on every play. And he knows that they're going to be where he expects them to be on every play. And it was uncanny last year. And again, you've got more from OJ Howard now and more from Chris Godwin. So there's just going to be less opportunities for those guys. But you could be talking to Jameis last season about something that had nothing to do with Cameron Bray, had nothing to do with Adam Humphreys. Somehow those guys would end up coming out of his mouth because he knows how much he can trust those guys. And that's so important for a quarterback, especially a young quarterback in this league. So don't sleep on Adam Humphreys either, but I, I think you will see definitely more distribution across the board. And while we didn't really see him connect with Deshaun Jackson last year almost at all, he looked, they looked really good in camp together. He hit him on a play in the preseason that was better than we'd seen them all last year. I expect, while it may not be, again, what we saw in the first three weeks, because it's unrealistic to expect that from anyone, really, you're going to see a lot more Jameis Winston to Deshaun Jackson in 2018 than we did a year ago despite the fact that Jameis missed the first three games. But again, we forget last year, too, Jameis missed several games with a shoulder injury. And when your shoulder's not right, you don't really throw the ball right either. And you could see yeah. the difference when he came back from injury late last year. It's funny that you mentioned Adam Humphreys. So 
Charles Sims is not on this team anymore. Um, so is Adam Humphreys getting pretty much all the checkdowns, or do you see a tight end fitting in there? I don't see Barber or Jones really getting those the checkdown or, or third down work. You're not going to see a lot from the running backs for sure, although Peyton Barber, and I spoke with some people about this today, Peyton Barber is a much better ball catcher than I ever expected him to be out of, out of college. You know, we all expected that, that speed guy, Ronald Jones, to be a pass catcher, and then all of a sudden he got into camp and we went, whoa, his hands are not good. I did the exact opposite of that with Peyton Barber. Although it's not something they rely on him to do a ton, he makes catches, he adjusts to football in ways that not all running backs can. And I've been really impressed with the way he's been able to catch the ball and the way he does catch the ball out of the backfield. But that said, again, when you have as many weapons as they do, I just don't think you're going to see it that often, especially because you do want him in to help. Because as good as they are on the offensive line, they're not great on the offensive line, and they can always use some help. So I think a lot of times on passing plays when you've got four really good receivers, you got two really good tight ends. You're going to leave that guy in a lot of time to pick up pressure. Yeah. And, and Barber's been really good in pass protection. So that's, that's yeah, how he's gotten really good. Him. That was his issue. That was his issue early in his career. He couldn't get on the football field because he couldn't pass protect. And that's gone from a weakness for that young man to a strength for that young man. And, and it's an example of how hard he works and why I think when everything else is working, he's going to be able to run the football because he's a heck of a young player. Yeah. So now with Chris Godwin, he's obviously flashed early in the season. Last couple of games, he had some some drop and some fumble issues. So do you think the slate's wiped clean for him, or do you think they're still going to have some issues trusting him in key situations? Chris Godwin had, I, I would just call it a bad football game against Pittsburgh. I mean, he really he had a bad football game. He dropped two clear touchdowns, although he did make a great touchdown catch late in that game in the comeback. He dropped two clear touchdowns. He did have the fumble. It, it's something we really haven't seen out of this young man. But the one thing about Chris Godwin is he is a young man. He's not a, he's not a kid. You call a lot of guys kids when they get to the league. Yeah. And one of the things last year when he was a rookie that Dirk Cutter started talking about right away was a lot of times these kids come for training camp and you've got to teach them everything. Here's where you're going to go live. Here's where you're going to go eat. Here's where you're going to – and, and – Chris Godwin moved to Tampa and had a house before training camp began. He said, Derek Cutter said, I've never you know, been around a young player that seemed like such an adult. And he's such a mature player that I really don't see this being an issue. And he has been outside of the last couple of weeks where he has had a little bit of the, of the drops. And, and so again, that, that Pittsburgh game was bad. But outside of that, he's been extremely shorthanded. And I think the fact that he is so down to earth, the fact that he is so mature, it's something that's not going to linger for him. He's a, He's a emerging football player, and while every single guy is going to have games like that Pittsburgh game, every single guy is going to have some hiccups. I think Chris Godwin's very, very good, and he's going to, and, and and that's not going to stop. And then, and then to your question, they're not worried about him. I'm, I'm confident of that. Okay, so I guess the big question: Tampa goes into Atlanta this week. What's your prediction for the game? You know. I host a show called The Insiders where it's myself, uh, the, the head beat writer from the Tampa Bay Times, ESPN's Jenna Lane, and we have a website down here called Peter Report, and we have one of those one of their writers, Trevor Sickerman, as well. And we actually record that on Fridays. That's what I was doing before we were able to talk. We record that on Fridays because they do travel to the road games, right? So we made our predictions today. And as much as I want – every time I want to be optimistic about this football team, 
they let me down. Atlanta's got a ton of issues on defense right now. They really do. But when I see Mitchell Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky do what he did to the Buccaneers defense two weeks ago, how do I not expect Matt Ryan to do that? How do I not? I mean, name me three or four wide receivers on the Chicago Bears team, okay? The only reason I know, I probably shouldn't say this, okay, but hopefully it doesn't get out too far. The only reason I know uh, the Bellamy kid who plays for the Chicago Bears is because we played in a charity celebrity basketball game together a couple months ago. I mean, the Bears outside of, uh, it's not very exciting at wide receiver. So when I look at the Atlanta Falcons and I see Julio Jones, I see what Calvin Ridley's been doing early for them. And of course, Mohamed Sanu, who's one of my favorite kind of underrated guys in the NFL. I just don't know how you slow those guys down when you couldn't slow the Chicago Bears down. So as much as I would love to be optimistic because I know the Bucs are going to be able to put some points on the board on Sunday, I don't know that I can be optimistic that they can win. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 does, it does not help that it's in Atlanta and Matt Ryan's a different guy at home. That does, that's yeah. not helping the cause. Um, the one thing I will say, Jameis Winston, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions against Atlanta. Of all the teams in division, he has been the best against the Falcons by a large margin. And at times, that's been a Falcons team with Deion Jones. Yeah. with uh, Keanu Neal. So this is a team that is worse defensively than Atlanta Falcons teams that Jameis has carved up. So I do think good things are going to happen for this offense. But until you show me that you can stop someone defensively, it's hard for me to pick you. Yeah, I mean, both defenses are pretty decimated in the back. And right now. It looks like an arena football league game more than an NFL game. Uh, it's going to be it all might, offense. Uh, I mean, from a, you know, we play fantasy football. This is an amazing game. I mean, I've I've got a couple pieces of this game. I've got you know, um, it's a two quarterback league. So one of my quarterbacks is Matt Ryan. Um, you know, I've got he'll I do st- good. He'll I do st- good. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I stash OJ Howard. I stash Ronald Jones. I've got Mike Evans in my starting lineup. I'm very excited to have, to have a big piece of this game. Um, I'm hoping there's a ton of points. Um, this and is I, why you booked me as a guest this week. That's what's going on here. Well, I you know I. I, I <laughs> I like that offense. I, I like the Tampa offense. I, you know, and a couple of our guys are talking up big, their pieces of, of the Tampa offense as well. Um, a, a guy was uh, who's at the top of our league was, was able to stash uh, Jameis Winston as his third quarterback. He also had luck in Mahomes, So he's feeling really good right now. He, oh, he's, he's saying that, um, you know, his prediction is that, uh, you know, Winston's a, a, a top 12 QB rest of way, which it's hard to argue um, Did you because, think Pat Mahomes was going to be even half this good? Forget about this good because no, nobody I, thought he'd be this good. Did you think he'd be half this good? I I didn't think he'd be half. That you know, I, I thought there'd be ma- way more turnovers. So I thought it'd be. I thought he'd score a lot of touchdowns because he's he's that gun gunslinger type. I thought the interceptions would balance it out, and they just haven't been there. Um, he he looks like a transcendent player. It's amazing. I would have told you he'll be okay. He'll be okay, right? Like, I've seen I saw him in college. He's got some talent, but, like, he's not going to be a great NFL quarterback. That's what I would have told you. And clearly, I was a little wrong. He's throwing – guy's throwing left-handed passes when he's pressured. Like, right. you don't he's see – it's, it's it, yeah, yeah, he's been, he's been amazing. Um, so, one last shot in the dark fantasy, you know, pie in the sky thing. Any chance you see the, the Bucks take a shot at trying to get Le'Veon Bell? Zero. 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 And you know what? If anybody does, I think they're crazy. 
I think they're crazy. Listen, the guy's a great football player, but he's kind of a knucklehead, clearly. Listen, yeah. if you're going to convince me that you could walk away from the NFL to go start your rap career, I don't know how interested I am in, in you as a football player long-term. <laughs> and you can't trade for this guy if you're not going to sign him long-term. The only issue is you can't sign him long-term right now because of the yeah. rules. He's got to play the season under that franchise tag. So until week 10, right, until week 10 when – he has to come back if he wants to be a free agent after the season. If he's not going to come back for Pittsburgh, why do we believe he's going to come back for us? Why do we believe he's going to come back for the Philadelphia Eagles or, 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 or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the New York or anybody? Well, the Giants seem like they're okay at running back. It's the one place they seem to be good. But <laughs> if you're a team that needs a running back, how do you know that Le'Veon Bell is going to show up for you when he won't show up for Pittsburgh? I think you'd be crazy to trade any kind of real assets for him. Yeah, I mean, it, and the reason he's linked, to, linked to, to Tampa is because it seems like it's the, the running back's the one position they're not really great at on offense. But it Listen, seems... if you're going to trade assets for somebody, get, get some right? let, let, it be a, yeah. let it be a defensive player. Yeah. Let it yeah. be somebody in the defense. I was going to say Earl Thomas for a long time. I was yeah. saying go get Earl Thomas. Obviously, he's got that, that injury that's not going to allow that to happen. But if you're going to give up assets for somebody, it better be somebody who can cover. Because right now, that is by far their biggest issue. Yeah, and, and while I think that Tampa's got out to a, to a hot start, I don't think that this is like their, their, one, their one window to, to make it to the Super Bowl. This is a young, developing team that really, if they can focus on the defense in the next couple of seasons and the draft and the offseason, which, by the way, what happened to the front seven? Is it just because teams are able to exploit the, the back end of the defense so much? The the names that you guys have on the front seven there, it, it feels like the sack total should be way higher. What's going on there? Well, Jason Pierre-Paul has four sacks in four games, which, yeah, is, which he's is actually great. very good. Jason, Jason Pierre-Paul is very great. And by the way, one of my favorite guys to talk to, as a guy who, as you, just, as you mentioned earlier, grew up a Giants fan, who had been rooting for Jason Pierre-Paul in New York when they won a Super Bowl, and then to have him now here in Tampa – you never know how that's going to go, right? You don't want a guy you've yeah. been rooting for your whole life to come to town and end up being a schmuck because that does happen from time to time. But Jason is one of my favorite guys to talk to. He's performing really well. Vinny Curry's performing pretty well as well. Unfortunately, they're not getting a lot behind either of those two guys at defensive end. And yeah. the bigger issue is inside a defensive tackle where you expected some big things from Bo Allen. He's been out for two weeks. You expected some big things from Mitch Unrine. He's on the PUP list. He still won't be back for a while. He might be on injured reserve, actually, with his concussion, where you can pull him back off, and eventually I think they will. You know, two of the guys they went out and signed on the interior of that defensive line haven't been able to play. And then, of course, your first-round pick, Vita Vea, just saw his first action. And I don't mean regular season action. Action. He didn't play in the, in the preseason at all. He got, a, he got an injury, uh, you know, the first day that this team was in pads. So you're talking about a young man as unbelievably, as a matter of fact, today, Dirk Cutter used the word freakishly strong, as freakishly strong as he is, as unbelievable as an athlete as he is for a kid that's 330-something pounds now that he's lost like 15 pounds. Um, it still takes time when you get to this league. You know, it's, everybody's dominant in college when you're that level of player. And then you get to the NFL and all of a sudden there's a grown ass man on the other side of the line. And he's been doing this a while and it's going to take some time for you to figure it out. So they made some moves on the interior of that defensive line that they thought was really going to help as far as the rotation, 
taken some pressure off of guys like Gerald McCoy and, and, and Vinnie Curry and Jason Pierre-Paul that unfortunately haven't been able to be on the field. And that's why I do believe that this defense, while it will never be great this season, may be able to get to adequate. I won't even say will be able to, but may be able to, because as Mitch on Ryan gets healthy, Vita Vea gets comfortable, Bo Allen comes back. By the way, you're playing a couple of rookie corners in MJ Stewart and Carlton Davis a lot. As those guys progress and feel more comfortable, they're not going to be great. Again, this season, they've got too much work to get anywhere near great. they got a lot of work to get to good. I think with those guys growing up, if they get healthier on the inside, we might see them be adequate. Very cool. So last thing, and I appreciate your time today, Pat. I really do. You call, you call the fans of your show the Goon Squad, right? Mm-hmm. So I consider myself a member of the they Goon actually Squad. Named, they actually named themselves the Goon Squad. Oh, I don't remember how it happened, but it did. Yeah, and, and I love the, the orange shirts. I, I almost want to take a trip down to, to Moss Nissan just on a Saturday to get me one of those shirts. They're very nice. Uh, <laughs> my team faces the my sort of fantasy nemesis in our league. Uh, you know, a guy by the name of Travis. His team is called Goon Squad. So What? Yeah, so a it, it, little bit of a coincidence having you on this week. Um, you know, well, are you let re- him know that my goon squad, all of them will be rooting against his goon squad. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> so uh, for those of you guys that listen, and oddly enough, it seems to be more than just the, the 11 other guys in my league. I would seem to be getting a few dozen listens to each of these podcasts. So thank you all for uh, for listening. If you want to follow Pat on Twitter, he's at Pat Donovan NFL. Um, and you can like no. it, it, It's not? No, I have your Twitter handle wrong? Yeah, well, see, here's the thing. I, I changed it to NFL because I was writing for an NFL website and they kind of thought it was important. Um, yeah. I'm, and I'm no longer writing because, to be honest, I just don't love writing the way I love radio and, and covering yeah. sports in, in general. Uh, and now because I'm on a couple of different radio stations, uh, and I don't want to single any of them out, even though 620 WDAE, where I do sports, is like my main station. I'm, I, like I said, I'm doing the I'm doing the rock thing now. I even filled in this morning doing some news talk radio. So I do a lot of different. So now it's actually at Pat Donovan Radio on Twitter. At Pat Donovan Radio. So uh, why don't I let you get your own plugs in? So where can the people that aren't in Tampa hear your stuff? Yeah. So uh, if you, if you wanted to listen to us for some reason, uh, and I suggest it, even though we talk a lot of Tampa sports, if you're not a Tampa sports fan, uh, we're also a couple of goofballs and have a lot of fun on the show. So I think we're, we're easy listening, uh, if you will. Uh, you can hear our show, on, obviously, uh, live on iHeartRadio, but also we do a lot of podcasting of stuff from the show and also our individual podcasts as well. Uh, all you have to do is search for The Pat and Aaron Show on, uh, on, on iHeartRadio. Uh, and when you search for the Pat and Aaron, we should pop right up if, if you're not 100% sure or if there are a couple of things that pop up. I'm a fat guy. My co-host is a little Jewish kid. You see a fat guy and a little Jewish kid, probably the Pat and Aaron show you're looking for. Well, I mean, we did call you Fat Pat as a kid. I, I thought it was a term of endearment. I, I, I think you're okay with it. So I'm going I'm gonna to totally, say Totally. Uh, all right, cool. My mom hates it when I call myself fat on the radio and also stupid because I do that a lot as well. Uh, but I've got no qualms about it. Well, you're looking pretty svelte to me. I mean, it, I saw your uh, your vacation photos from from uh, Donovan Zona. Look like you had a good time. <laughs> By the way, everyone hated that hashtag. Uh, absolutely everyone. I don't know why, but everyone hated it. <laughs> ah, I loved it. So, 
I, I appreciate you being on, on the podcast this week. I may reach out, back out to you if there's any uh, any big news coming out of Tampa to get your take on it. Um, so yeah, and listen, Kevin, I I do interviews uh, all over the country about the NFL, not just the Buccaneers, but also the NFL. So uh, if, if you want a guest, uh, I'm always happy to do it for you, my brother. I appreciate that, sir. Thank you so much for being on the League Podcast this week, Pat, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, man. Take it easy. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much to Pat Donovan for being on the show this week. I really enjoyed that. I hope to have some more guests on the show to provide some good insight uh, around the NFL. that's going to do it for this week on the League Podcast. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. I really enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed it too. Sorry it was a little long, but we got some great insight. Um, took a look at really the entire league, so probably our longest episode yet uh, with that in the interview. But hope you enjoy it. Hope to get you some more content that you like. Uh, feel free to leave us some feedback on the Anchor app. or you know, uh, you know, We've got a Twitter handle, at the League Podcast. You know, let let me know via text, league chat, what whatever you can. Let me know what you want to hear, and we'll get you more of what you want to hear. Um, again, Pete, we guys still got Pete with us. Thanks, Pete, for being on this week. Really enjoyed having you on. Great insight. Um, keep up the good work as the commission. You provide you know a good competitive environment every year. You provide great posts. You you throw a hell of a draft. So thank you for that, Pete. Hey, no problem. I'm working on my big post. I'll let you know when it drops. Hopefully, a couple weeks. All right, I'll, I'll be waiting waiting with bated breath for that. So, uh, Let's go. thank you all for listening to the the league podcast this week. Uh, we'll see you next time.